Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast, and I'm just checking in on you. Why are you checking in on me, Bill? Is it because you care, or are you just pretending to care? So I'll listen, and then I'll go out and buy a fucking comfortable mattress that advertises on your podcast. Hey, you got me. No, you know what I do? I do. I care on, on a human-to-human level. You know, I never really made up my mind how I feel about humans in general. Let me pontificate on that fucking idea. I'll tell you this as far as human-to-humans. I don't, I don't understand why Jawan Howard got anything other than a chuckle from the fucking sports media. I just do not understand. When I was growing up, you could do that, and it was not even a suspension. I, I don't even... <laughs> he just... He, 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 Jawan Howard just threw a punch. He, he didn't. He fucking threw a half-ass slap in a crowd. And some kid in the prime of his life who plays a non-contact sport got hit in the head. He's going to be fine. Everybody's fine. They got a little heated. And like usual, the little fella there running his fucking yap who called a cunty timeout, didn't substitute or anything just to be a Big Ten cunt. All right? Just to be a cunt. Was about to get the slap that he needed. I'm telling you, in that moment, you see why the world is so disrespectful. And everyone would say, yes, a grown man resorting to violence. How could he resort to violence as they sit there and they talk about us doing shit to Russia who are going to do some shit to Ukrainians? But that's all fine because that's war. I mean, you can drop bombs and blow up babies and shit trying to get the fucking evil bearded guy you're going after. But, you know, if you kill some babies along the way, that's fine. But if Jawan Howard tries to slap some snarky little cunt in the head who fucking deserved it. All right. Juwan was fucking heated. He tried to walk away. All right. But then he's got to do the handshake line. And it was just like, I'm not shaking your hand because you're acting like a bitch. And you do not deserve my respect as a man. That's all he was trying to do. So what does the little housewife do on Wisconsin? He starts running his fucking yap, yelling at a guy who's like, what, 6'11"? Yelling at a guy 6'11", like he would ever do this in a bar. All right? Then what happens? The little, the little fella gets the big fella mad. The big fella starts swinging. Some innocent guy on the other side takes a fucking slap to the head. Okay, that's what he gets for fucking getting involved. I've been in enough bars to know to mind your own business. (laughs) And Juwan calls off and he gets a half a slap. If Juwan really wanted to fucking slap, he would have knocked down a whole row of college students. That's what he would have done. It was a half a fucking slap for the half a fucking douche who was running his yap like he could kick Juwan's ass. And I, I really think that, you know, if there wasn't so many places to distract people, like podcasts, I'm part of the problem, they got to sensationalize everything. I mean, that's, that's, that's not, that should be settled between the two of them the next time 
They fucking play one another. They call each other up or whatever the fuck. Somebody buys somebody a beer and that's it, you know? This just did a controversy at the end of the Wolverines-Badgers game. That's it. Meanwhile, tensions rising. Tensions rising over in Ukraine, 100,000 troops over Russia. Uh, that's all fine. That's all fucking fine. You know what? We're going to come walking over there like that kid who got smacked by fucking Juwan, and we're going to go over there. I mean, how many times, you know, you know enough with the, the away games here. And if elected. I don't know why we just don't, you know, just pull it all back. Just pull it all back. You know? Turn all the bases into daycare centers. Let these people who want to take over the world try and take over the world. What are they going to do to us? What are they going to do? We got all the grain we need. We got waffle houses. We have nuclear weapons. Right? Fire up the steel mills again in Pittsburgh. Knock down the walls. Not the walls, the malls in Pittsburgh. You just get it going again. I liked where we were, you know, between World War I and World War II, where everybody's just like, why don't we just fucking mind our own business over here? You know? A couple of drunks rolling around on the floor. What the fuck are you going to get in the middle of that for? You know why? We're going over there because they got some shit in the ground that you can turn into a battery to stick at the bottom of a Tesla. And then they pretend that they care about the people. Oh, Jesus, Bill. Get off your fucking, your fucking liberal stump here. I'm kind of all over the map, you know? Because I'm being like, hey, man, like, why is war legal, man? What about the people, man? And at the same time, I don't have a problem with the 6'11 man slapping the shit out of a guy who's probably taller than me, but doesn't look it next to a 6'11 guy. He should should have, you know, they should have cleared out and they should have had a slap fight right at center court. You know, that should be the coach's option. And what should happen is, you know, the team's going in, into the fucking locker room. The stadium empties out. And when the game's over, the two coaches come back out. And if they're still mad enough in the empty arena with nobody watching, nothing recorded, no video, they just settle it. They just slap the shit out of each other till they get it out of their system. And they go, all right, that's fine. They leave. Hey, by the way, I just tweeted this. I just found a fucking gem, you know, so I mentioned the great Clark Gillies past. So I've been, uh, you know, watching all of his videos and stuff. Truly one of, the, one of the toughest guys who ever played the game. And just an incredible teammate and all that. Part of all of those great Islander teams that won four in a row. So, you know, there's a fight that he had. One of his uh, famous ones. Um where he goes at it, I forget what team the guy played for or was, was playing for at the time. But um, what was it? Eddie, Eddie uh, Hospodar, Boxcar Hospodar, right? So that guy's kind of famous because when he fought Clark Gillies, Clark caught him with like a, a straight left or a straight right. And then when Eddie ducked his head down, it like 
Gillies timed the uppercut perfectly, and he just dropped. I mean, it would have dropped anybody. But, of course, you know, hockey fans, so many of them never had a fight in their life. Got to be like, oh, fucking guy got, you know, whatever. Anyway, so I'm going like boxcar hospital. Now, there's no fucking way this guy got a nickname like this. And all he ever did was lose to Clark Gillies. So I started watching this guy's fights. No fucking joke, this dude. Living up to the name. And lo and behold, November 27th, 1987, one of my new favorite enforcers of all time, Eddie Boxcar Hospodar fucking drops off Samuelson. Hospodar's playing for the Sabres. And uh, Samuelson was playing for... um, the Whalers, and I think the announcers were saying that Ulf was sort of the new young enforcer on the Whalers and took Eddie's job. So Eddie was like, all right, and they stayed in the Adams division and uh, went out there and uh, got the best of their new younger, I guess what they thought was going to be more improved enforcer. And as a Bruins fan, it's always great to see Ulf get the shit kicked out of him. And it was nice to actually see him drop the gloves. <laughs> Supposed to turtling. Yes, I will never get over that. All right. Anyway, so there you go. Just like that. Just like that. Running my yap. No facts. No facts, just momentum. Celebrating. Uh, oh, my God. I've been podcasting for 15 years. This, is that right? Holy shit. 15 years in June, I'll have been podcasting. And I have 30 years in stand-up. <clears throat> on March 2nd. And I got to tell you, man, I'm, I'm, I'm nearing the end here. <laughs> Not of my life, but I swear to God, man, there's a level of busy that you get where you're just like, uh, you know, I think I just want to go to a soda fountain with a bunch of old people and read a newspaper and have a fucking root beer float. I think, I think that that's what I, I thought I wanted an infinity pool. I, I don't think I want that anymore. I think I want an afternoon off, a local newspaper. Just read about scuttlebutt. I don't want to, I don't, you know, you know what? I think that that's the way to go. I don't want to hear, I don't want to fucking hear about all this international fucking horrible shit that corporations are doing. You know, and power and, 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 and natural resources and the fucking ocean and all that. You know what I need at this point? I want scuttlebutt. I want to know what the, the fucking ethels. There's no ethels left. You know what's funny? Baby boomer names, I, I better like, to young people are like, that. you know, when I was a kid, like Hazel, Ethel, Blanche. Those are old people names. Old Lady names now. Let's see. Why old-fashioned names are popular? Oh, because that's what, what, what else would hipsters be doing but fucking living a century ago? Old, I should talk because I love fucking dive bars and fucking defunct sports franchises. Old ladies' names. Um, hundred sweet old ladies' names rooted in tradition? No. 30 chic vintage old lady names. No. All right. I got a I, baby boom. A popular baby boomer girl names is what I got to check. Baby boomer girl names. 
popular. All right, let's see what they were. Judy, Carolyn, Margaret, Janet. These are all going to be old ladies now. Like when the young comics make fun of an old lady where I used to be like, okay, uh, you know, easy there, Ebenezer. You know? <laughs> all right there, Gladys, right? They're going to be sitting there going, uh, okay, 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 Janet. Okay, okay, I think it's bedtime, Susan. Um, more items, let's see here. Chicago Tribune. All of these fucking newspapers. It's like, when are they going to learn nobody's going to fucking subscribe to you online? It's over. Okay? The readers make the news now. <laughs> we just make shit up. That's it. And people, you know what? I guess podcasting. This is all fucking scuttlebutt, right? Top names of the 1960s. All right, this is when I was born. Let's see what we got here. There's going to be a lot of Bobs, Bills, Mikes. Here we go. Mike, Michael was number one. Number one name for a lady was Lisa. David, John, James, Robert. There's Bobby. Mark, William, Billy. Richard, Thomas, Jeffrey, Stephen, Joseph, Timothy, Kevin, Scott, Brian, Charles, Paul, Daniel. I had all friends named that. I knew like five Michaels. About five Davids, a bunch of Johns, a couple of James. You go by James, you go by Jimmy. Bunch of Bobs, bunch of Marks, Richards, Dickie, Toms, bunch of Toms. Not a lot of Jeffs. There were some Jeffs, not a lot of Jeffs. A lot of Stevens, Joseph, could be Joey, Timmy's, Kevin's. And then let's see here. Lisa, Mary, Susan, Karen. That, that name's going to go away. Kimberly, Patricia, a lot of Patricias, Linda's, Donna, Michelle, Cynthia, Deborah, a lot of Deborahs. Deborahs were always fun. Deborahs were fun. Susans were fun. Um, Sharon, Nancy. Let's go back a few years before that. Popular baby names for the 1940s. This is when it's going to start getting a little weird. Let's see. Oh, these aren't bad. Carol, Sandra, Sharon, Judith, Susan. Classic name, Michael. Was there a Michael in the, uh, in the Bible? And Jesus said to Mikey, dude, you want to split a steak and cheese? Baby boomers names, getting old. Gender bending names are in. Yeah. I don't know. I could have told you that a long time ago. All these fucking kids you meet nowadays. It's, I'm so bad at like remembering names, but now like every kid, like, like you'll meet someone, not every kid, but there's a lot of kids you meet them. It's just like, I've never met whatever name you just said that I now forget. I'm never going to fucking remember that. Um, I've been at that age for a long time now where you, as you introduce me, I've already forgot what your name started with. Even if it's a three syllable name. My name is Jessica. By the time you get to Ka, I've already forgot what the beginning of it was. Ka, was that Car? Kara? Karen? Carithithi? Um, All right. So, Billy No Sticks. Billy No Sticks. All right. You guys guilted me. 
You fucking guilted me. So I've been off the sticks for fucking 10 days. Cutting it down. Not quitting. Cutting it down. And I will. I will continue to talk about it. Okay? These fucking assholes in AA, they go down there. They've been sober like 20 years. They're still talking about it. I can tell you this. Sobriety is boring as shit. It's not boring as shit. It's just, I think I'm too childish for it. It takes a fucking adult. It really does to be sober. You really have to be a goddamn adult. Like I had, I had a long, I had a long fucking day. I had a long fucking day. Listen, I don't dig ditches. Okay. I don't plumb sinks. I don't, I don't stand out in the middle of the street with my back to traffic looking into a fucking tripod. Surveying. I don't go down in those fucking manholes. I don't roof. I don't do any of that shit. You know, I do all day, I think. Just have to fucking think and solve so I can figure out how I can get this person to have the pie hit them in the face and it's going gonna, it's gonna to read. And, you know, I'm not Billy Big Brain, okay? I got a fucking mid-sized brain up there and, yeah, you know, you get a little tired. You know, what happens is people keep talking and all I just start thinking of, of like, wouldn't it be great to just tap out right now? You know, take something, drink something, smoke something that would just take me to a mindset far, far away. Wouldn't that be fantastic? That, that is the solution. Um, What kind of a sadistic God is is there that we can't just all go around and just get fucked up and have a good time, that it makes you be a fat fuck and die younger? You know what I mean? Just sit around eating fucking mushy peas and shit and couscous. You live to end your 90s. You know what that reminded me of one time? I remember hearing this fucking guy. He was drinking a giant, one of those giant fucking cheap-ass jugs of wine every day. His health was bad. had fucking diabetes and all of that shit. And his friends would always come by and be like, you know, you got to stop. You got to blah, 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 blah. You got to fucking, you know, you got so much to live for. And the guy was just like, listen, I'm good. I'm enjoying myself. You know? Just this is how I want to go out. Let's see here. I'm not going to say who the athlete's name is. Oh, boy. Last I heard he was on a... (laughs) No. Last I heard, this athlete was just hanging out on his front porch. He lived down south, you know, and he was living that Charlie Daniels song. He just leave this long-haired country boy alone, you know? I get drunk in the morning. I get stoned in the morning, get drunk in the afternoon. Like, he was just doing that, which sounded... If you could just get past all the people you hurt by doing that. <laughs> it sounded fucking awesome. So last I heard, he was just going to sort of drink and smoke himself to death on his front porch and just wanted to be left alone. And now I'm doing an update. Now he lives in an an assisted living facility. He mainly gets around via wheelchair or a walker 
when he feels up to it, those days are rare. Uh, I don't know. They should have like two different kinds of assisted living facilities. You know, those for people who want to keep living and those who just want to have a good time. You know, and you come in, there's like a humidor. Bill, who's kidding who? You're designing your own assisted living facility. All right, let's do this on the podcast. This is <laughs> this is what my dream assisted living facility. Am I creating a reality show right now? They're always going up to people in their 20s and fixing up their cars and shit and giving them fucking, you know, tummy tucks or whatever the fuck they do for young people. What about old people? They should go in. And you should get that. Who was that guy from that 70s? Ashton Kutcher should fucking. No, he did. He did punked. Who's the guy who did uh, uh, Pimp My Ride? Ah, fuck. What was his name? The rapper. He used, I used to love that guy. He would just fucking laugh at your car. What the fuck was his name? That old Pimp My I watched like every episode. Pimp My Ride host. Exhibit. They should get Exhibit. Just hear me out on this. Get him to do like a pimp my my assisted living facility. And he comes in and he just, he laughs at your your fucking tub that has a door on it. You can make fun of that you haul it out a UPS truck to turn it into your fucking tub slash shower. Uh, you know. I've never seen a jacuzzi with a fucking chair in it. Um, shit like that, right? He could fucking crack on all the old people. And then he comes in and he just fucking puts a bar in. Gets them a nice big flat screen TV. Dude, I got to tell you something. The way that we're, we're, we're handling old people and veterans... You know, while you're in active military, they'll let you run out on the fucking football field on an NFL game carrying the flag. And then the second you don't re-up, they don't give a shit if you live under a bridge. Um, Ah, that's depressing. You know what? If I was... Okay, so my my dream assistive facility. All right. I had to have a humidor. All right, I'd have a soda fountain. I'd do all that old people shit. I'd eat like grilled cheese sandwiches and tuna milk. I don't like a tuna milk. It always makes me sick to my stomach. Uh, we'll go grilled cheese sandwiches. You know, uh, it's a fucking old person salad. Whatever it is, you, it's like Italian dressing on it, so it's not even healthy. We have, we have, what do I got? Humidor. I got root beer floats. What the fuck else do I need? Man, just like a TV and a bed and all the sports packages. That's it. Little refrigerator. Got some beers in there, right? And then every once in a while, they come by, you know, when I want to go to bed at night, they just come by with a couple of edibles. This is an assisted facility. I mean, this is to me, like if this was what heaven was, and the heaven was be, you, you didn't have to pay for any of that, you know? You're still considered a good father, a good husband, 
<laughs> he didn't get fat. Can you imagine that? I mean, that's fucking heaven right there. You could just fucking eat ice cream and grilled cheese sandwiches, smoke a cigar, have some bourbon, and then somebody comes by with whatever your drug of choice is in that little white cup, like they, the paper cup like they had in fucking One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And you take it, you feel great, and you don't, you don't hurt anybody. Would be fucking phenomenal. Um, but you can't do that. You got to eat kale salad and drink plenty of water. I'll tell you what my drug is, eight hours sleep. That's what I say now. If you give me eight hours sleep, oh, I'm ready to take on the fucking world. Um, all right, let me, uh, let me do the podcast. I know. This is what happens when I get too fucking busy. I, I literally, I don't know what it is. I think about retiring and drinking myself to death. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to do it. But I don't know why. That's, what my, my, that's why I have to watch out because that's how my brain fucking works. I go to the end. All right? I can't just perform at, you know, in one state. I have to go to all 50. Then I have to go to Canada. I can't just go to Canada. I have to go to all the province. I got to go to all the fucking continents. Ah, Lunatic. Fucking lunatic. Um, All right. Grove cleaning, everybody. Did you know that only 9% of plastic actually gets recycled, no matter how much we put in our recycling bin? Yeah. That's what I've heard. I don't know. It was 9%. At Grove Collaborative, they believe it's time to ditch single-use plastic for good. Grove carries hundreds of products aimed at replacing single-use plastics across your home and personal care routine. Finally, I love that companies like this are getting started by young people who are going to have to live in the fucking world that assholes like me who've been drinking bottled water for the last 30 fucking years have left them. Um, And by 2025, Grove will be 100% plastic-free. Uh, like Grove's companies, concentrated cleaners and refillable glass bottles. They're friendlier to the planet and twice as effective as the leading natural brands. Switch to sustainable products for every room in your home, from laundry care to hand soaps and more. Grove CO, does that mean company? Um, has you covered with safe formulas and refillable packaging that never compromises on performance. Just over 2 million households already shopping sustainably at Grove. I'm going to do this. I already did it with the liquid death. Just sort of wean the plastic. The plastic out. I I, I want like in like three, you know, whatever. By 2050, hipsters to be into plastic because they don't make it anymore. Uh, and of course, there's all these negative people. Cut down trees again? No. Just let Mother Nature do her job. She's she's about ready to spill her drink on us. The ocean is rising. Um, go to Grove.com/burr, and I'll I'll tell you guys from beyond the grave that I called it because I'm living right near the ocean. <laughs> Today, to get a free gift set worth up to fifty dollars. With your first order. Plus, shipping is fast and free. Get started right now at grove.com slash burr. Grove.com slash burr. Grove.com slash burr. G-R-O-V-E dot com slash burr. Um, well, there you go. After all my craziness that I was talking about, that was actually something uplifting. Is there anything, you know, underrated? People creating companies that are at least making a fucking effort to try to turn this ship around for all the young people, you know?
fucking amazing. You know, we could have learned a thing or two from the people that were living here first. They had the right idea. You know what I mean? I mean, think about it. You probably didn't live as long. Okay, if you lived like Native Americans, Indians, whatever you're supposed to say. Maybe you didn't live as long. Maybe you only lived until your 50s. But look at this. You fucking... You got your own horse, right? Right, right off the bat, it's cool. Okay? There's no, no GMOs in your food. Nobody really telling you when to get up. And as long as you scored on a, on a big hunt the day before, you could fucking chill for the week. Every time you fucking killed something huge and everybody got to eat, you could, like, chill for a week. I remember reading that, that there was a lot of downtime as a caveman. You know, way more than we have now. I don't think cavemen were, like, rise and grind. Well, maybe not cavemen were. <laughs> rise and don't get eaten. But uh, how much... Leisure time before modern society. Leisure time in... No, no, no. How much leisure time do the happiest people have? Let's see here. Let's just go to this. I'm too lazy to figure out what I really wanted to get the answer to. Too little and people tend to get stressed. Yeah, that's probably why you think about, hey, what if I just sold everything and moved to Wyoming? Uh, too much, and people tend to, f- to feel idle. Okay, too little, people tend to get stressed. Too much, and people tend to feel idle. Well, that's another thing too, right? You're sitting around too much. That's what happened to me during the pandemic. All of a sudden, you're like, Bill, why don't you go get some ice cream sandwiches? Um, I'm not reading all of this shit. All right, I'm going to close on this before... Uh, before, uh, before I wrap it up here and we get to listen to a bonus episode of the Thursday afternoon just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. Um, uh, I got to say condolences. Rest in peace to one of my favorite comics when I was coming up and I always watched him. He was on TV. He was absolutely hilarious. The amazing Jonathan passed away at just 63 years of age and um, one of the just most unique stand-up comedians I've ever seen. He was the guy, like, before he came along, like, magic was corny. And he brought, like, this fucking rock star vibe to it. He made fun of magic while he did cool magic tricks. Um, Called himself the Freddy Krueger of comedy. And, um, you know, a buddy of mine, Steve Byrne, made this wonderful documentary about him. And uh, he was actually the guy that let me know that he passed uh, this morning. And he was also the guy that was nice enough to uh, set me up on a little Zoom call to call him just a few days ago. And I had never met the guy. And Steve found out, you know, Steve knew I was a fan of his. And he found out that he liked some of my stuff, too. And uh, I got on the, uh, you know, got to do a FaceTime call with him. And, I, and the whole time I was like, I can't believe I'm talking to the amazing Jonathan. Like, this is the fucking guy. Like, I used to be, like, you know, back in the, the stand-up 80s, the boom, when anytime there was a comedy on the road or an evening at the improv, like, he did all of those shows. And I remember being so fucking excited when he was going to be on. And he always killed, always made me laugh. And the next day at school, all my friends that were into comedy 
or when I was working in the warehouse, we're all quoting his jokes. Um, I got to talk to him and he was, you know, making me laugh and he was that close to the end. And that's just, you know, seemed like the kind of guy he was. So thank you to Steve Byrne for giving me that moment with one of my idols. And, um, yeah, I, I wish, I wish I got to work with them. I, I wish I got to know him more and all that. Our paths just didn't cross, but I always, always was a huge fan of his. And, um, I can tell you this on that zoom call, he had me dying laughing. He was just fucking hilarious. He was like, you know, mocking his own death, just joking about joking around that he was towards the end, man. Just really a hilarious, hilarious dude. So, um, rest in peace to him. Please go on, um, you know, go on YouTube, check him out. If you're into comedy, you should know about the guy, uh, Let me see. What was the name of the amazing Jonathan documentary that Steve Byrne, one of the most big-hearted guys in the business, always amazing, came out in 2018. Uh, Look at that, three and a half out of four stars, right? Yep. Is that right? My fucking eyes are going here. Yeah, three and a half out of four stars. It's a fucking great documentary. Um, You should definitely know about the guy. So rest in peace. And thank you for all the laughs, and thanks for inspiring me to become a comedian. The amazing Jonathan, rest in peace. All right, that is the podcast, everybody. Um, 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 Yeah, listen to the music picked out by Andrew Themelis. Then we have a bonus half-hour episode of the Thursday afternoon just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. Have a great weekend, you cunts. Monday morning podcast for Monday, February 24th, 2014. How the hell are you? How's it going? Oh, really? Well, that's good. I'm back in Los Angeles. Saw my wife, saw my dog. I'm in a great mood. Um, Another trip, another trip across the country. You know, when I land and I get off the plane and what do I see? I'm getting a bunch of shit from all the Canada cunts up north. I got to ask you, why the fuck does this always happen to me as a sports fan? Anytime I suffer a tragic loss as a sports fan, if I'm not already in the area of the victorious fans, I'm going there the following week. You guys, longtime listeners of this podcast might remember back when the Jets were good, you know, when they spent all that money that one year when they lifted the salary cap and they fucking loaded up and they were making their run. You know, when they beat us the first time and all the Jets fans were talking shit and then they came up to Foxborough for game two and got absolutely ass-raped on national television. Absolutely fucking ass-raped. So the playoff game comes, playoffs, playoff game comes around. Who knows which way it's going to go? Division rivalry, you never know. Sometimes they go every other. Sometimes somebody wins two, three in a row. Then the other team wins three in a row. Who the fuck knows, right? Either way, where the fuck am I when that game happens? I'm in Atlantic City, New Jersey, 
on uh, Jim Norton's um, anti-social uh, network tour. Right? So now I'm sitting there, and I'm so focused on the game, I'm not even thinking. I'm just thinking, Jesus Christ. I'm in fucking New Jersey. They got to win. If they don't win, I'm going to be getting shit before I even hit the mic. Of course, they lose. Brady throws arguably the worst pass of his career. That screen pass where he just went, wee! I didn't even know what the fuck it was. Lobbed it up. It got away from him, and that way it, we, and we never recovered. And they also benched Wes Welker for making fun of Rex Ryan, you know, because he had a foot fetish. You know, it's just unbelievable. So whatever. Jeez, I'm going through the pain of that loss again. And where the fuck am I? I'm in Atlantic goddamn city, New Jersey, right? So now what? Okay, we got Olympic hockey coming up. I'm one of the few people in this country that gives a shit. You know, one of the few fucking people that gives a shit. We seem to be winning pretty handily, five to one, whatever. Canada's struggling, right? Fuck you, you were struggling. As now you're strutting around with your syrup-haired fucking chest. You barely beat Estonia. That was a fucking nail-biter to the end. You fucking play us. It was one to nothing. I mean, yeah, I got to be honest with you. It didn't feel like one to nothing. It felt like five to nothing. We, we completely outcoached. We didn't, we didn't do one fucking thing to adjust to your forecheck. We didn't do a fucking thing. Ah, that was frustrating. You had one fucking ping-pong goal. All right, so what are these, what are these Canadian cunts doing now? Oh, and in the meanwhile, and somewhere in that, the, the, the women uh, had the game won, and all they had to do was just hit, a, hit uh, an empty netter. They hit the post. It was laying right on the fucking goal line. They scoop it up, tie it up, and then Canada. I'm letting the Americans know because most of them still don't know this. Um, or the people down here in the United States, I should say, because we're all Americans, by the way. For all you dumb cunts up in Canada, you fucking Americans. It's, you're an American, too. You live in the Americas. There's North America and South America. We're all from the Americas. All right? You are American. The same way somebody in Poland and somebody in Ireland, they're both European. Okay? For some reason, they're calling us Americans. But at the end of the fucking day, if I want to pull cunt hairs, you guys are also Americans. Anyways, so I get off the fucking plane. And I got like 20, 30 fucking texts from these Canadian cunts going, oh, I can't wait to hear your take on the fucking hockey, right? Because they're, you know, they're actually hoping that down here, this country is like devastated. And I hate to tell you this, Canadian people, I would venture to guess that 80% of the people, they don't even know. As you notice, when we lost both games to you guys, nothing was set ablaze down here. Like you guys do up there. Nobody even... I'll tell you, this is how little popularity hockey has and how little they're known. It's weird. It's like totally niche and all the arenas sell out. But once you get beyond that, like nobody knows who anybody is. Um, Timu Solani was on my flight, evidently. Um, because when I got off, I'm standing at baggage claim. As I'm reading all these tweets... You know, from these Canadian people, just mind scrolling them on my phone for some reason. Um, I look up and Timu Salami comes walking by and I nodded to him. You know, when you see somebody that iconic and I'm thinking in my head, I thought it was uh, Pavel Bure. <laughs> That's how fucking old I am. I'm like a oh, skinny hockey guy with a page boy haircut. Ah, pa Pavel Bure. And then I was like, no, it's not him. Timu Salami. And he'd already gone by. 
And this is nobody knew who the fuck he was. The guy was literally he's coming back from the fucking Olympics. And and his shirt says NHLPA. NHL Players Association for the ladies, right? He's wearing an I'm in the NHL shirt. Still nobody recognizes him. He goes over to the side. He's getting his own fucking bags because he's a hockey player, right? His were priority. He's sitting first class. He's got that kind of money. One of the first bags down is his, a giant hockey bag with the Anaheim Ducks logo on it and still... Nobody noticed. People looked at the bag and they were kind of like, oh, that's odd. That's a big bag. They were kind of like, well, you know, what do they got? Scaffolding in there? Somebody doing some painting? <laughs> Nobody had any fucking idea. And he takes it off himself. First ballot Hall of Fame hockey player standing right there. So I'm sorry, Canadians, as much as you want to revel in this, as you called it, your domination. I guess you dominated because you won both goals, but you certainly did not dominate the games with your one nothing fucking bullshit victories. Ah, they weren't bullshit. They were good victories. Um, you know what it is? I only got tweets from 20 people. Why am I taking down the whole fucking country? You know what? Good for you, Canada. You know, it's your sport. And it isn't even the joy of winning, I think, up there. I think it's the relief of not losing because I just had a buddy of mine from up there. You know, he knows I'm coming up there. So he goes, you know, bring your skates. Uh, bring some gloves. We'll supply. They said they'll supply the rest of the stuff. And it's like, dude, I'm not using somebody else's hockey stuff, okay? It's fucking gross. I'll take my bruises. All right? Um, but anyways, he left a message. He goes, yeah. He goes, hey, you know, sorry about you guys losing. Uh, he goes, we won it. And then he, he paused and he goes, thank God. So that's the way it is up there. Um, and I got to tell you, nothing down here is like that. Not even like, I would say the closest thing would be men's Olympic basketball. But even then, if they lose, we don't light shit on fire. We just go, ah, oh, a bunch of fucking spoiled brats. They're making too much money. They don't want to listen to the coaches, yada, yada. That's all we do. We don't give a fuck. We don't send people to Siberia. You know, they don't get killed like they do down in Colombia if they don't fucking, you know, inbound the soccer ball correctly, whatever the fuck you do out there in the pitch. Um, yeah, people just don't give a shit to that level. Put it this way. I actually typed in. I was trying to type in Olympic hockey, and I, and I wrote Stanley Cup. That's what I give a fuck about. As a, I mean, obviously, I want to win the gold. You know what fucked me up was the first gold that I saw was the 1980 team. And it was our amateur team beating the Russians. It was the Cold War. It's just never going to be as good as that again. Now it's just like it's like a couple of all-star teams playing. You know what I mean? I don't know. That sucks that we we got along with Russia for a while. It really killed the rivalry. You know? Remember back in the day, those Team Canada games and the USA teams and then the Russians when they couldn't even get into the fucking league unless they did some Moscow and the Hudson shit and these fucking guys would come over and we had no idea who they were. And they'd come over and start kicking the shit out of us, at least the Americans. And then the Flyers... Had to basically cheat and kick, take a couple of two-handers to their ankles and called it hockey. <laughs> I love how the Flyers organization tells that story when they, when they actually beat the Russians. Yeah, it was a great, they played some great hockey where they turned their sticks into clubs and they just basically beat them. They just beat them up, which is funny. It's fucking hilarious. But... Uh, is it? I don't think it's hockey. 
And you know what? The league suffered forever, forever in that. But anyways, congratulations to the Canadians uh, for not losing um, the gold medal game. Congratulations, okay? Your cities are safe. Your Starbucks windows will be intact. And um, I can take comfort in the fact knowing that the Stanley Cup has been in the good old U.S. of A. since 1994. Oh, you like that? Why don't you sit on that trophy? All right there, New Brunswick. I'm fucking coming. All right? Nova Scotia, next week, it's coming. Markton, Halifax. Some town that begins with an H. Hamilton, Toronto, London, Ottawa, Montreal, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver. Some fucking island out there. Back to Calgary. A couple times back to Ottawa. It's going to be crazy. Um, and I know I'm going to drink like a fish and smoke cigars, and I'm going to look like I'm 400 years older. And I, I, I'm going to accept that. Um, I can't wait to get up there. I can't wait to skate on that fucking canal like a fucking twinkle toes there. Um, and there I got some pond hockey possibly lined up. It's going to be fucking insane. That's how I'm going to keep the booze weight down. I'm going to drink it up at night and then I'm going to shake it off for morning practice. And then I'm going to stumble into the theater, right? Like a grizzled vet. And I'm going to fucking knock out my hour in 15 minutes of, uh, of stuff. All right, that's what I got going on. So anyways, I know I broke your balls, but that was me actually saying congratulations to Canada. What a relief. You won. Nothing got damaged. You sons of bitches. Fucking Crosby. You knew he was going to score on that goddamn breakaway. I knew it. I knew he was. And I actually tweeted, the guy never chokes. And people were like, oh, last year against the Bruins, oh, I don't think he showed up. The whole team got shut down. All right? And if you go through any great athlete's career, there's going to be moments you know, there's moments, but generally speaking, as much as you don't like the guy, can you give it up for what a fucking unbelievable player he is? I know he's got big pouty lips. I know he looks like he's going to cry every time they call a penalty on him, but the stats don't lie. <coughs> the stats don't lie. The guy's a fucking phenomenal player. The last time, you know, playing for the gold, it went into overtime when all of Canada had their frozen balls up and pulled up into their bodies after we scored the fucking game tire tire at the end of regulation. Remember that? Who came out and scored the fucking goal? Crosby. The guy delivers. All right? So fuck all you Flyer fans and all you other cunts who can't give it up to him. I don't like him just for the simple fact that he plays for the Penguins. But I'd love to have him on my team. There you go. All right. So anyways, this is the Monday Morning Podcast. If you're new to it, welcome. Um, I do one of these every single week. I tape them Monday mornings unless my throat's hurting me. In that case, I tape them a little later. But it is my podcast, so I do it when I want to. And when I, you know, when they're allegedly late, you know, which I don't understand. Like, how, how am I late to my own business? I got the keys. I'm opening up. <laughs> All right, here we go. I'm going to tell you guys a story where that adds another layer to how dumb I am right after I do a little bit of advertising. Oh, fuck you. Fuck you. I got to make money, too. Here we go. Hulu Plus, everybody. Hulu Plus, everyone. Hey, you've probably tried Hulu.com, hanging out with your friends. Now with Hulu Plus, you can watch your favorite shows anytime, any. Hulu Plus lets you watch thousands of hit TV shows and a selection of acclaimed movies on your television or on the go with your smartphone or tablet. 
And it all streams in HD for the best viewing experience. With Hulu Plus, you can watch your favorite current TV shows like Saturday Night Live, Community, and Family Guy. You can also check out exclusive content, including Hulu originals like The Awesomes, starring SNL Seth Myers, who, by the way, tonight, watch him, his debut, taking over Late Night. The fourth host of Late Night started off with The King, Dave Letterman, went to Conan O'Brien, went to Jimmy Fallon, now to Seth Meyers. Sorry, back to the advertising. And Moonboy, starring Chris O'Dowd from Bridesmaids. Hulu Plus also offers a great selection of acclaimed films for only $7.99 a month. You can get all of this. You can stream as many TV shows and movies as you want, wherever you want. Right now, you can try Hulu Plus for free for two friggin' weeks. When you go to HuluPlus.com slash Bill, that's a special offer for my listeners. I'm pointing at myself with my thumb. Make sure you use HuluPlus.com slash Bill so you get an extended free trial and they know that I sent you. HuluPlus.com slash Bill now or click the Hulu Plus banner on the podcast page um, at BillBird.com. There you go. You like it? All right. Okay, guys, you've heard me talk about how much I love Love DollarShaveClub.com. So why haven't you joined? Why haven't you joined? What's stopping you? Do you have a fear of success like you? Uh, like you don't have anything better to do other than go to the store? Or anything better to spend your money on than uh, overpriced razors? Dollar Shave Club, what's wrong with you people? What's wrong with you people? Come on, guys. This is, this is, one of the, this is a layup. All right? In the last two years, DollarShaveClub.com has saved... Hundreds of thousands of dollars of, guy, of guys' times by delivering amazing quality razors, uh, high-quality grooming products right to your door. All right? You've been getting screwed for years. Overpaying for your razor blades. You don't have to anymore. Go to dollarshaveclub.com forward slash burr. Shave with their razors. Um, I am a 4X guy, evidently, but my buddy swears by his executive. Who am I talking about? I don't know. Why can't I? Wasn't it enough that I love this product? You got to invent friends for me. Anyways, and also check out my favorite, Dr. Kavi's Easy Shave Butter. Woo! Seriously, this stuff is amazing. It makes shaving feel like you, you're softly whipping whiskers off of your face. And you can't forget about one wipe chalice, the butt wipes for men. That's right, a butt wipe for men. Peppermint tingle. Enough said. <laughs> what are you waiting for? You can get deliveries every other month if you need, and you can cancel any time if you don't like it. Um, this, this whole deal is airtight. DollarShaveClub.com wants you to... I don't need to read the rest of it. It's, it's great. This is what you need. Shave time, shave money. Join DollarShaveClub.com. Go to DollarShaveClub.com forward slash Burr to let them know I sent you. That's DollarShaveClub.com forward slash Burr. Or go to BillBurr.com and click on the Dollar Shave Club banner. All right? If you don't do this, then you just like misery. Okay. All right, so here's the story of me being an absolute fucking moron. All right. Um, I had a wonderful run of shows last week, Tuesday through last night, Sunday night at the New Jersey Peck Center in Newark, New Jersey. Um, my week started off with my favorite show of the year now, uh, the second annual Patrice O'Neill Comedy Benefit. Um, amazing. Three-hour show. With um, there wasn't anybody on that show that I that I wasn't a huge fan of. The crowd was unbelievable. I want to thank all of the comics who uh, donated their time. Um, 
it was just an amazing, amazing night. And I want to th- thank Opie and Anthony and Jim Norton for hyping the show, moving all those tickets. It was a huge success. And uh, for those of you who came and all that, just know that um, Patrice's mom and his uh, his uh, his wife and his stepdaughter were over the moon happy. So you guys really did a great thing by buying tickets to that show. It's a wonderful thing. We're definitely going to do it again next year. We're going to try to expand it um, in many different ways for next year. But uh, it was a huge success, and I couldn't have done it without Maureen Tarrant behind the scenes and uh, all the comics and Opie and Anthony and all the fans that came out. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, so that was the Tuesday night. Um, and it was a great night, too. We had the after party. Everybody was hanging out. And uh, Verzi's hilarious. He shows up, like, around 1130, right? I'm like, hey, what's up, whatever. He's pacing back and forth like a friggin' caged goddamn cat. I don't know what the fuck's going on with him, right? And finally, I look up and make eye contact with him, and he is walking by me, just eyeballing me, right out the side of his head with this fucking, not quite a grin, not quite a scowl, but he is looking at me. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, all right. You know, what? What? what is this here? Oh, my stupid phone's going off here. I'm like, what is the problem? Right? So I get up and I walk over and he's like, hey, he's like, dude, I, you want to smoke Stoke? I get up for Stoke. I'm like, absolutely. So he goes, I got a place. I got a place. So long story short, the whole thing dies down around one o'clock in the morning and we leave there. It takes me to this insane fucking cigar bar. And we go in there. They got all these different kinds of cigars. So we just fucking do it up. We got like this Nicaraguan cigar with like, Age 10 years tobacco. Dude, I swear to God, I lit this fucking thing. I almost puked. (laughs) Thank God I wasn't drinking. Because this thing was like huffing on the tailpipe of my fucking F-100, man. I swear to God. But once you got the thing lit, once I got it lit, um, it, it was a whole other, it was just a whole other deal. Um, it was amazing. It was like smoking a blunt. You got like high off this fucking thing. This is going to kill a lot of purists. I'm still not drinking. I'm a month in, 28 days, four weeks. Um, I actually got an O'Doul's with it. I know. I'm waiting for every guy out. Ah, Jesus Christ. What are you, a fucking queer there? Yes. I fucking, I had drank an O'Doul's. I have to. All right. I got a 20-day door tour Canada coming up. Damage will be done. I'm in basic training right now. All right? Fucking, what are, what are those old army marches? What do they say? I don't know. They always say you're gay or you're part cattle. Don't they do that? Are they allowed to do any of those anymore? You know, now that they have um, openly gay people in the military, I guess like half of their jokes were out the window. Where are you from? All things from there, stairs and quares. You ain't got no horns. Right? With their hacky fucking jokes. They had to update it. Only thing from there is stairs and homosexuals. <laughs> Fuck, it doesn't rhyme. God damn it, give me 20. Um, anyways, completely lost my train of thought. So we, we smoked these cigars. I'm drinking a fucking O'Doul's. And it was still great. That's how unbelievable this cigar was. And it was so strong. Like, I don't need. This is me lying to myself, saying I don't need another cigar. I'm not going to lie to you. I want to fucking smoke one tonight, but I'm not going to. I always let, you know. I get scratched up a little bit. 
by alcohol and cigars, but I never let it get its hooks in me, you know? And that's because of my, uh, I have that German Irish stubborn thing where I can push through shit because if I didn't, and I know a lot of people, oh, Irish are a bunch of fucking alcoholics. You know what? A lot of us aren't. Okay. And, and it would be nice if you brought us up every once in a while. <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck I'm saying. I just basically how I'm wired. I feel when something's getting its hooks in me and I continue to abuse it for like another three months. And then I go, all right, I got to stop. Um, so that's what I do with cigars. Although now just by talking about them now, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking, you hear that? That's me fucking hitting the bed right now. I want one. Which is why I'm not going to smoke one. I keep it at bay. You know what I mean? Like that guy who doesn't want to be in a relationship. You know, he bangs her every two weeks and then doesn't call her. So then she doesn't develop feelings. And he shows up again. Hey, look who's here. Oh, is that my dick? Hey, right? And then you fucking leave again. <laughs> so anyways, the next night, I'm out at Westbury Theater. The second time I've performed there, that's that one that Howie Mandel did a special there. I believe Brian Regan did a special there. It's fucking amazing. In the round, I went out there. I, I, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. The night of Patrice's thing, we fucking went over there and the cigar bar was closed. So when we went out to Westbury, that's what we did. After Westbury, we went in there. Um, we, we had fucking great show. Paul Verzi, arguably the best set I've ever seen him. Beyond being funny. Son of a bitch is smooth as hell now. I'm talking a little shit for you there, Verzi. Fucking guy is smooth as hell. Looks like a total pro. Handling being in the round. No problem whatsoever. Um, fucking killing it. And got that applause beyond. Thank God, you know, you're done. Bring on the next guy. He, they got, he got a sustained appreciation and a round of applause. Um which was great for me to see as a friend. And then it also sucks as a friend because I know he's going to be headlining his own shit soon and then he won't be opening for me anymore, which sucks. I mean, it's great for my liver, you know, and the mouth cancer there. Um, anyways, um, yeah, so then we went to the cigar bar and all that bullshit happens. And then the next night, I drove all the way down. Now I'm working with this dude, Nate Craig. Uh, we fucking drive all the way down to uh, Charlottesville, Virginia. Supposed to be a six-hour drive. Turned into a fucking nine-hour drive because they're digging up all the goddamn roads, you know? But it was interesting, man. We were going through, like, these highways. I always just take 95 down. We actually got off at 95 and kind of angled over there. And all of a sudden, we're just going by these open fields that have, like, these cannons in them. I'm like, what the fuck are the cannons sitting there? Someone's going to steal that thing. And then we realize, oh, those are Civil War battlefields. Fucking insane. They're not even that big. Kind of like the Orange Bowl. If you ever remember the Orange Bowl, how small it was when you finally went and saw it? If you'd seen some of the new stadiums, how fucking gigantic they are, like Lucas Oil Field. Like the, the battlefields, they're really small. At least the ones that I drove by at 40 miles an hour without really looking at too much appeared to be. Um, anyways... Did a show in Fredericksburg. No, I'm sorry. What did I say? Charlottesville. Next day, drove up to Fredericksburg, I think it was, or Fredericks Hill. I don't know what the fuck it was, someplace in Maryland. Then went back down to Richmond and then had brutal traffic all the way up to the New Jersey uh, Newark gig. Uh, but all the shows were awesome. And um, all right, so the night ends. 
had a great run. Nate was killing it the whole time. I hadn't worked with him in like a year. And I saw all his progress that he's made as a comic. And that I'm telling you, man, that like inspires me to have a better show. I, that's the kind of people I like working with. I like working with people that are growing, you know. These fucking people, you come and you see them like a year or two later and like their act hasn't changed at all. It's like depressing to see that. It's like going back to the towny bar and there's that guy, fucking guy that was sitting there the last time you were there, still wearing the football jacket and shit. They're just stuck in the mud. Drives me nuts. So whatever. Anyways, um, I'm now noticing my levels low. I'm not going to fuck with this. This is where it was last week and nobody bitched. All I'm getting is one green light. Hello. Test. Fuck you. All right. That's good. Anyways. Um, so, uh, so this morning I go to leave in the rental car. Nate's been driving the rental car the whole fucking time. I get down there. I've already packed. Um, I already have it mapped out how to get to Newark Airport from where I'm at because it's really tricky from downtown. Circuitous fucking route. I have everything ready to go. I wake up, 620. I'm down at the rental car by like 630, 635. I get in it. Everything's good. I got my little card to get out of the fucking garage. Finally, I'm organized. And then I'm looking at the keys. And all I see is just a square. Like in my Prius, where you just take the square, like, magic key that you can unlock it from 50 paces, and you just stick it in the uh, key vag that they now have in the dashboard. And I'm looking around, and there isn't one. All I see is a place where you stick the key in. And I'm looking, going, you got to be shitting me. I'm digging in my pockets. I can't find the fucking key. It's 6.35 in the morning. Nate is sound asleep. He's the last one who drove it. And I'm going, you got to be fucking kidding me. You got to be kidding me. I look down at the keychain. There's another little key ring. And I can see like it's all separated, like a key could have just fell off. And I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. And I'm just like, really? I start doing that. Really? Really, God? Really? What the fuck did I do to deserve this one? I can't just have a fucking quick trip to the goddamn airport. So now I'm literally, I'm already going, okay, I'm calling Nate. If he doesn't pick up, I am abandoning this fucking vehicle. Fuck this. I'm getting in a goddamn cab. I'm walking up. I'm taking the magic key portion of this thing and going, it's your own fucking fault for sticking a, a, a magic, you know, the magic key with the fucking other key with the, with, with, the, with the defective ring on it. This ain't on me. I'll tell you where it's at. You want to charge me 200 bucks? I don't give a fuck. I'm not missing my flight. I'm going home to see my family. All right? Fuck you. I'm out. I'm already thinking of that. So Nate picks up, like, oh, 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 right? I'm like, dude, I'm sorry to wake you up, but do you have the key? I can't find the key. So he starts walking around his room, rummaging through pockets and shit. And then it finally dawns on him. He goes, wait, he goes, he goes, the key's on the thing. You just got to press the button. I go, what are you talking about? He goes, on the little Whatever the fuck you call that thing, the thing that opens it and get puts on the line because you just press the button. So I press the button and the key comes out like a fucking jackknife. And he heard it come out and he just starts laughing at me. And there wasn't anything I could do. I just started laughing too. And I want to tell you guys that I am embarrassed by this story, but I'm not. Like that kind of shit happens like with any remote base level technology. I just can't figure it out. I've used keys like that in the past. I haven't in a while, but I, I just, it doesn't take a lot to stump me. Like anything that has to do with computers. Oh, so-and-so just tweeted at you. You should go look it up. I look it up. I can't find it. I, I, I just, I suck at it. 
fucking suck at it. And I landed. After I landed, he called me up and he was still saying, dude, like I couldn't go back to sleep. I was just laying in the bed laughing at you. And I was going, dude, and I told him the whole thing. I said, dude, if you didn't get on the phone, I wasn't going back up there. I was literally going to abandon the rental car. And he goes, who the fuck abandons a rental car? And I go, fucking successful people do. You know, keep your eye on the prize. Trim the fat. You know? It's like the horse is stumbling. Just fucking shoot it. Now we're walking. Fuck it. I'll call a cab. I can never shoot a horse for all you animal lovers out there. I just would call a cab and I was prepared. If he didn't pick up what I was going to do, my backup plan was I was taking my shit out of the back of it. I was locking it and I was going to curse all the way to the lobby, get a cab. And I was going to go back over to, to uh, the rental car place, walk right in there and go here. Here's the keys. Here's where it's at. I can only have the magic part of it. I don't know where the fuck another thing is. All right. Charge me whatever. And the person would have looked at me and would have hit that button and that thing would have opened up. And I would have just sat there looking like, I just would have laughed. I would just be like, hey, I'm a fucking idiot. You know, what do you want from me? That's what, I, I, you, you, don't, you didn't do enough of a background check. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, I'm really having like major self-esteem problems because I already knew all of this shit about me. And then my wife hit me with that. You have ADD. And I told you last week when I was sitting there getting ready to do the Patrice thing. And it's always like a very melancholy thing to do. You know, when someone you love like that has died, but you're doing something positive, there's still always that void. So I was talking to her about it and I was literally getting emotional for people who didn't listen last week. I was getting emotional about it. And I looked up and there was a spider on the ceiling and I was like, Oh, a spider. And I just started talking about spiders for like, I don't know. I don't even know how long I was gone. And I brought my head back down and she was just looking at me smiling and I was, it was just like, I mean, I couldn't argue with her at that point. So, you know, I, I don't know what's, you know, it really explains now why I did so horribly in school. <laughs> I just remember being in these classes and it was just me and a bunch of other fuck ups. And I would be sitting in the class just going, I know I'm not as dumb as the grade that I'm getting in this like. I can't be because if I if I was. I wouldn't be aware of how how much of a failure I am, would I? Like, do you think really dumb people are aware of it? You know, that look on their faces, they try to figure shit out. But then again, then I can go around and I, I can I, like a, a little hide key thing can confuse the shit out of me. Fucking Nate was hilarious. He goes, what's your address? I'm going to send your wife some flowers. <laughs> <laughs> just for having to live with me do you realize how fucking sad that is ah, of course you do and i know you're enjoying every bit of this but anyways i went um i went back to the uh the hotel because i was being a good boy the uh this whole week not drinking um and uh, i actually saw i saw a couple of fucking just great old i kiss me deadly I always come on when it's in the middle. What a fucking great movie that is. I know a lot of people from my generation and after know that as a Lita Ford song. It's actually a film noir movie. And the lead of the movie, who I should really look up because uh, I like what this guy did. Like, he crushed it in that movie. And a lot of people say it's a, uh, 
it's a prototype for all the uh, all the tough guy movies. This role of the guy, uh, Ralph Meeker. I'll actually look this guy up. And he, he came around during, like, the studio system. For all you uh, football fans and, and sports fans out there, the studio system back then was kind of like back um, like sports before they had, like, free agency. Well, like back in the day, say if you if you played center field for the Yankees, okay, and during the, the tail end of Joe DiMaggio's career and the beginning of Mickey Mantle's career, you were fucked. You were never getting brought up, and they weren't going to release you. And you didn't make it to the majors simply because two of the greatest center fielders of all time happened to be playing for the team that drafted you, and you were fucked. You couldn't go anywhere. I don't. I guess maybe you try to switch positions. I don't know what you did back in the day. Studio system. They basically they groomed you. They brought you up. They they change your name like they did with Marilyn Monroe, and you just did movies for them. So, anyways, they wanted this guy. Uh, let me look him up here so I, I get the story right. Ralph Meeker. They wanted him to uh, to sign one of those contracts, and uh, he refused to. So he got like blackballed. And it kind of fucked up his career. Um, but I totally respect that, you know, he did something like that. I mean, I, I don't like getting tied down like that either. It's just like, I'm not fucking, I didn't get in this business to work for you. I'll do a job with you. You're going to own me forever? Go fuck yourself. But um, it's, just, it's just a great movie. He just slaps a bunch of people around. A bunch of people get shot. There's some bad acting in it too because it's 1955 or whatever, you know. Um, that one came on, um, which has just a fucking, it just really crazy ending. The first time I saw it disturbed me, disturbing ending, but I'm going to let you guys know. I'm not one of those movie snobs. Like I got, when I saw Blair Witch by myself, I got scared. It freaked me out. I saw the ring. I get scared. Like I, I take the ride with the movie. I don't sit there going fake. That was lame. Unless it really sucks. So take it with a grain of salt, all right? Um, I saw that, and then I also saw... uh, I watched an episode of The Honeymooners, and I realized that I I have a lot of Ralph Cramden in me. I just watched that guy. He gets worked up over little things. He catastrophizes. He flips out. He screams at the woman in his life. And then in the end, he realized not only is he in the wrong, he's 100% wrong. And then he goes and he apologizes to his wife. And then for some reason, she accepts the apology. And that, that's basically my life. <laughs> so I learned that. And then I also learned this superstition that I have. Like, I don't put a hat on the bed. And I never, I never, uh, I never even heard of that. The hat on the bed thing being bad luck. Until uh, Billy Bob Thornton was talking about it, like all his superstitions and how he doesn't like antique furniture, which is hilarious. He's just like, it creeps me out. (laughs) And I got to tell you, I've gone into some antique fucking places and the smell in there, it's the smell of death. And I totally understood it. But for some reason, I I never researched the hat on the bed, why it was considered bad luck. But if I threw a baseball hat down on the bed, I'd immediately knock it off. I actually believed in it. And... um, so I actually was looking up these things while Nate was driving the origins of all this. And the, the hat on the bed was basically hair was back in the day was thought to, I guess, hold evil spirits. 
because a lot of people wore hats back then and you took your hat off and the static electricity, sometimes they'd see a little flash of light in there. And I guess they had no idea what, what it was like. There's lightning in your hair. I mean, I don't know if they were still drawn on cave walls at that point, but they had enough technology to make a fucking hat. So I don't know where it came from, but anyways, they thought the evil spirits were, uh, in your hair and you know, they, they were, they got into your hat. And if you put the hat, on the bed, it would get into the sheets and into the mattress, which makes no fucking sense. Because if it's already in your hair, then it's in your pillow. It, why doesn't it drip down into your fucking brain? None of it makes any sense. So now I'm over it. So now I went out of my way to put a fucking hat on the bed. Right? Nothing bad's happening. Bunch of good shit's happening for me. I can focus on the bad stuff. I couldn't figure out the magic key this morning. Right? I couldn't figure that out. Well, well bad shit happens. You know what? I'm going to read this thing that I re- that I read to fucking Nate, and it is that's his nickname, fucking Nate. Um, what is it? Origins of bad luck. Here we go. Let's see if I can get the top ten. That's the number thirteen. What is it? How about how about this? How about the hang in there, guys? Top ten bad luck superstitions. Here we go. Maybe this is it right here. Oh, where the fuck? 25 most popular superstitions. There were some really good ones in there, like the ladder, walking under a ladder. The ladder, when it's leaned up against the wall, forms a triangle, which is like the Trinity or something, and you're supposed to be, like, insulting God if you do that. Um, in some parts of Turkey, you may want to think twice before whipping out the chewing gum. There's a belief that if you are chewing gum at night, it is actually rotting dead flesh. Well, I think that's a little has a little more to say about the uh, Turkey's Food and Drug Administration than it does about groaning cheese for a newborn. Is this from the Northern Hemisphere? What the fuck is this? You've probably heard of Swiss cheese, cheddar cheese, or pepper jack cheese. But have you heard of groaning cheese? No, I haven't. You've probably heard of get to the fucking point. Stop trying to fill out your paragraph. In medieval England... Expectant mothers made what they called a groaning cheese, which was a large wheel of cheese that matured for nine months as the unborn baby grew. This is already fucking creepy. When the groaning time or the time of the birth came, how tough were broads back then? The groaning time, given birth without any fucking morphine. Groaning, that's all they did was groan. The fucking husband's laying down there getting his entrails taken out. Freedom! All right? Different kind of tough back then. Um, when the groaning time came, or the time of the birth, the whole family would celebrate by eating this cheese until nothing but the outer rind was left. Jesus Christ, were they all bound up or what? Then the guy's groaning, trying to shit the next day, right? The newborn would then be passed through the rind on Christmas Day to be blessed with a long and prosperous life. What a cheesy superstition, it says. Well, that's not bad luck, is it? They had to sit there and eat all of that? That, dude, that, that whole fucking thing is gross. That's just fucking gross. I'm thinking a bunch of gross shit with that. All right, let's read one more here. Friday the 13th has been the source of a superstitions ever since the 19th century. Though its origin is shrouded in speculation and theories, it's not going to stop us from having a fucking website about it. 
sorry, its impact is quite evident. Many people will avoid. Well, then you don't even know what it is and you bring it up, you asshole. All right, fuck this. Fuck this website. Okay, you know what? Let's, let's, uh, do I have anything else I want to read about? Oh, by the way, I found a new documentary. I haven't watched it yet. Uh, of course, I don't know the name of it. They just unearthed it. Uh, who's the guy who got in the hot tub and banged the 13-year-old and then left the country? What the fuck's his name? Rupert Murdoch? <laughs> Billy Ray Valentine? What the fuck is his name? Ah, shit, I got it. I have it. It's a French name. Roman Polanski. That was close. Rupert Murdoch, Roman Polanski. Robert Polanski. He, he's got a, he made a documentary on, on Jackie Stewart. Um, Roman Polanski. Jackie Stewart documentary. It's, they just put it up on Netflix. It's from... Uh, it's from the early 70s. I can't wait to watch it. Formula One champion. Weekend of champions. I guess it's up on, uh, according to uh, this car magazine I bought on the plane, I guess it's up on Netflix. Weekend of champions. I'm going to watch it. You should watch it. You should watch True Detective. You should keep watching Fast and Loud. These are the shows that I like. These are the shows I recommend. All right, let's get back to the uh, the podcast here. Um, where are we? Oh, Jesus, the whole thing's off the fucking, it's just gone off the goddamn rails here. Um, I think I talked about everything. There's a gay basketball player now. I, this is going to be the greatest fucking thing ever. If these, the gay football player and the gay basketball player might make a bunch of other f- sports players, players of s- professional sports come out, it's going to be the funniest fucking shit. I cannot fucking wait. Nobody has stepped in shit yet either. All right. Um, not, I didn't mean it like that. All right. Nobody has fucked up. Everybody is trained. Everybody knows what to say. I think part of it is people are educated now, but also people have seen enough other people get in trouble. Most recently, the duck hunter guy. So everybody's just saying the right thing. Hey, can the guy play? If the guy can play, he can be on the team. I don't think it's any big deal. It's 2014. They're all saying that shit. But I guarantee you, somebody's going to fuck up. Who's it going to be? Who's your money on? What sport? Who do you like? I'm trying to think. Somebody. You know, if this was a big election year, some dark horse Republican, ultra, ultra conservative in his 60s, he would definitely say something. You know, I don't think they should be on the field. I think they should be cured first before they're allowed in the locker room. They'd say something like that. But I'm telling you, it's going to open the floodgates. And uh, right now, what's funny is ESPN is just talking about it and talking about it, just praying that somebody's going to fuck up and cause a controversy. But nobody gives a fuck in a good way. They're like, who gives a shit? Can the guy play? Get him on the goddamn team. Right? Like that guy coming out of Missouri is the SEC Defensive Player of the Year. I want him on my team. All right? But ESPN, they can't keep the air underneath it any fucking longer. They're running. It's just they're running out of shit. It's hilarious. It's just everybody being 100% accepting. They need somebody to fuck up. So for the love of God, if you're a moron, if you're a Bible beater, if you're down there in the Jesus jet stream, 
I know they're going to they're gonna stick a microphone in somebody's face. They can't get a coach. They can't get a player. They can't get an owner to fuck up. I guarantee you their next fucking move because they're, the, the story is dying. They're going to have to just start walking around talking to people on the street and just just basically entrapping people. That's my prediction. I'm calling that for this week. All right. They're going to snuff it out. All right. Like the Marines on Iwo Jima. Walking up that fucking mountain, snuffing them out. Because um, they're not on the island, they're in it. I told you I'm reading that book, Flags of Your Fathers. Flags of Our Fathers or whatever. Unbelievable. Unfucking believable. Another unbelievable book. And I they think of the shit that sets me off. The shit that these guys went through. You know, they made that Saving Private Ryan, and you think that like that sort of landing was a uh, was an exception rather than the norm. All throughout, from what I'm reading, as these Marines were taken island by island out in the the Pacific, it it was D-Day every fucking day, and Iwo Jima was the worst. This motherfucker, Japanese general, he, he, he let them all gather on the beach. He didn't just start shooting at them. You know, the, the the Navy had bombarded the island for like, they were supposed to do it for like five, six days. They only did it like two or three days. And they didn't realize that the Japanese, they were in it. They had like 16 miles of tunnels. They had these pillboxes, you know, basically just wide enough to stick their guns through. And they let all the Marines gather on the beach before they opened up on them. Just, I, I don't even, like, some of the horrible shit that they were talking about, I don't even know how you, they were saying it was so shocking. Some people just, one of the things when, you, when you're dealing with that, something that overwhelming is your body, you actually just go to, into a deep sleep. Like you fall asleep, like you're laying on the couch during the four o'clock game. You know what I mean? And, like, sergeants would be kicking guys trying to wake them up. And you would come to, like, fuck. You probably were pissed. Like, why didn't you let me just keep sleeping? Um, unbelievable book. Highly recommend it. Obviously, they made it into a movie and all that shit. I think they did. I know it's a huge book. But, uh, you know, I figure if you guys listen to me read every week out loud that you guys aren't big readers too. So I still also need to recommend highly uh, successful books there. All right. Why don't I shut the fuck up and uh, I'll do uh, a little more advertising. I'll leave the last couple of ads here and then we'll go into the questions for this week. Does it sound good? Beautiful. All right, stamps.com. You've probably heard the cost of a stamp just went up to 49 cents. 49 cents. Jesus Christ. But not if you have stamps.com. With stamps.com, you'll pay less for postage than you would at the post office for first-class mail, priority and priority mail, express packages, and more. Stamps.com is easy to use and convenient. Buy and print discounted stamps, shipping labels, and more using your own computer and your printer. Not only will you save money with Stamps.com by not paying full price for postage, you'll save valuable time too. Stamps.com always keeps the rates up to date, so you'll always have the exact postage you need every time right from your desk. Never, repeat, never go to the post office again. I use Stamps.com to send out all my posters and DVDs. I'm a moron. I can figure it out. So can you. Right now, use my last name, Burr, B-U-R-R, for the... 
B-U-R-R, for this special offer, no risk trial plus a $110 bonus offer that includes a digital scale and up to $55 free postage. Don't wait. Go to stamps.com before you do anything else. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Burr. That's stamps.com. Enter Burr. And lastly, but not leastly, uh, eVoice. You're a business owner, but automated phone systems and secretaries are not in your budget just yet. And juggling incoming calls yourself makes it really hard to look like a professional there. Here's something that will dramatically help you make more money in 2014. eVoice. Whether you're a business of one or 100, eVoice will help you manage all of your incoming calls. With a toll-free number, dial-by-name directory, and call routing tools, your business will sound like a million bucks. Can't take a call? No problem. eVoice will transcribe the voicemail and email it to you. Never be caught off guard again. And with eVoice, you can try it before you buy it. Right now, just for my listeners, you can get a 60-day trial to eVoice for absolutely free. Go to eVoice.com and enter the promo code BILL, B-I-L-L, at the, uh, at the checkout. Take charge of your business and make more money in 2014. Go to eVoice.com and enter B-I-L-L at checkout for your 60-day free trial. Two months for free. That's eVoice.com, promo code BILL. All right, there you go. My painful reading out loud is over for this week. At least the advertising is. Now for the questions. All right. Response to plantar fissuritis. That's the pain in the bottom of my foot that is on again, off again. Sir Billiam, I have plantar fissuritis, however you say. Uh, a couple years ago, I had it a couple years ago, and my doctor told me two things. One, there are straps that you can put onto your feet to stretch them out as you're sleeping, and they wrap around your feet to your calf. I don't like that shit. Number two, uh, number two worked for me, and that was to sleep with my feet hanging off the bed. Oh, number two. Okay, that's the second option. So either you do the straps, you have your feet hanging off the bed. This makes sure that they won't curl up on you while you're sleeping. After about two to three weeks, my feet started to feel better. Well, my feet feel fine. It's just like if I don't stretch ridiculously before I play drums or run a little bit, skip rope or anything like that, like it, the pain comes back. Uh, I want to know how to rehab it. How do I strengthen it up so I can actually run again? Um, but I do appreciate what, what you're telling me there. Um, there's somebody else. Number two, uh, dear Billy Blue Balls, I heard you were struggling with the plantar fissure. And since my girlfriend is a doctor of physical therapy, I summoned her expertise to help eliminate some of your pain. She said she 100% agrees with your morning stretching routine. She also commented that there are a couple more things that could potentially help, such as golf ball in the freezer, pulling it out a couple times a day to roll on your footsies. As well, uh, filling a Dixie cup with water and freezing it. Once frozen, you can peel away the Dixie cup as desired uh, to provide a manageable, smooth block of ice. You may find some, re some relief by using a technique called ice massaging, massaging under the arch of your foot. She also mentioned possibly orthotic options. And my favorite, begging the lovely Nia to deeply massage the affected area to help break up the adhesion from overworked tendon. I, I'm at that point. What I need, people, I need, how do I rehab it? How do I strengthen it up? Because um, I'm already doing most of that. I do the tennis ball thing. Like when I go to play drums in my little drum bag, I actually have a tennis ball. 
and I got a whole routine. I roll and it, and it doesn't bug me. But my thing is, is if I don't do that every fucking time, if I just sit down to play, like the, the, it's annoyed again. Now, is that for life because once you get it, you get it? Or can I actually build it back up again? Like um, if I don't stretch, I always feel like it's right. I feel like I'm a week after the inju- injury happened. Do you know what I mean? I don't go back with the affliction, but it's a nagging pain. So ask your wife or girlfriend there, is, uh, am I fucked for life with this or can I actually build it back up again? The way, you know, I've torn muscles and I'm able to build it back up. Every once in a while, something will happen. Ah, who gives a fuck? I don't know. All right, Bill, why the back and forth? Uh, Billy D. Williams, why do you start and quit drinking so much? You're truly not an alcoholic. Well, you can say that from what? Listening to the podcast? He goes, of course, I can't know for this, this for sure. Okay, he just put himself back in check. I apologize. Uh, but this doesn't, But it doesn't seem like you need booze to get through the day. You're not a different person when you drink. It's not like, holy shit, Bill's drinking again. Hide your punchlines and put the kids to bed. You literally, you're literally the Oprah of booze consumption. Relax with this whole wagon bullshit. Wagons are like wheelchairs. Don't fuck with it unless you need it. Have a whiskey. You'll be fine. Tell Verzi I think he's a two-beer queer. I called it. Uh, no, dude. You need to hang out with us. You have to understand that... How, how would you drink, okay, if at the end of every day there was an open bar? Free, by the way. I guess open bar is free. Um, an idiot. <laughs> an open bar, free bar. Pie a la mode with ice cream, please. Um... Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I have an unbelievable amount of free time, and I drink as much as two of my friends who've gone to uh, the doctor and found out that they had an enlarged liver. So, and then also, it ages you. You get a puffy face and all that. So what I do is, yeah, a little binge and purge, a little binge and purge. I'm doing great. I'm still in great shape. I still look good. You know, I'm losing the roof, but everything else is looking all right. You know, what do you want from me? I appreciate your concern, but, um, you know, I just went on basically like a two-year bender. I took a year off, and then uh, I came back, came back strong, picked up right where I left off. Dude, I had four fucking white Russians. Who does that before I got on a plane? Woke up with a splitting headache, and I felt like I ate a bag of Halloween candy. Who does that? You know, fucking idiot. I need to take a little time out. I feel great after 28 days. It's good to give your, your liver a break every once in a while. Um, but believe me, I'm going to, up to Canada. In the same way a woman goes to the Bahamas or goes to the tropics and fucks around on her husband and says it doesn't count because I'm outside of the country, I do the same thing with booze. It doesn't count. I'm in Canada. What am I supposed to do? It's fucking cold up here. All right, gay guy who likes a girl. Hey, billion-dollar Bill, I'm a 20-year-old gay guy, and, I rec- and recently I've started to like my best friend who is a girl. I never liked a girl before, so this is uncharted territory for me. She knows I'm gay. We go to the movies alone together and have, and have sleepovers and really just do things that I know she wouldn't do with her guy friends who weren't gay. Okay. Um, so you get to fucking sleep in the same sleeping bag with her? She knows that you're not going to be poking her. Is that what it is? Anyways, her boyfriend, who I don't know too well, is cool with us. 
spending so much time together because he knows I'm gay and therefore am no threat to him. About a month ago, I was spending the night in a room when she took her shirt off and started changing in front of me. She's comfortable, she's comfortable enough with me that she's changed in the same room I was in before, and I never really cared because she always had a bra on underneath. This time she didn't. So I saw her tits. <laughs> you sound like a straight guy that you said tits. It's really blunt. So I saw her tits um, instead of her breastuses. I saw her tits and it was the first time I've ever seen a girl naked before. Ever since that happened, I've had a huge crush on her. More than I've ever liked a guy even. So wait a minute. So that means what? You saw a, a naked guy first, so then you just went with guys? And now that you've seen a woman? This is, dude, this is beyond me. This is really fucking interesting. So you have a serious, like, crush. He goes, I think about her all the time, often sexually, and now I feel dishonest every time I see her because she still thinks I'm gay, while in reality, I'm sometimes there thinking about what it would be like to fuck her. Hey, buddy, welcome aboard! Permission granted. Come on aboard. I'm loving this story. Telling her I like her would get me nowhere since she has a boyfriend, but I hate living with the guilt of her not knowing. What should I do? I'll tell you what you do. Shut the fuck up is what you do. That is that is a a a that is a fucking shitstorm, private. You stand the fuck down on that one. All right? If you think this is what, why don't you go try out your new desires on someone outside of that relationship? Okay? Um, I would definitely, uh, I don't know what to tell you. I, 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 this is fucking, dude, you got to call Dr. Drew on this one. I got I to gotta throw out a lifeline here. I, I would go out to a bar. And uh, you know what? God damn it. I need a gay friend for this one. You know what? I'm going to ask a gay friend, and I'm going to get back to you next week. What do you think about that? All right? In the meantime, don't fucking pull a Facebook here and just fucking vomit all your feelings. Don't do that, okay? I know I'm, I'm sounding like I'm being a dick, but I'm helping you out here. This is a shitstorm here because... First of all, she's in a fucking relationship with somebody. You, you don't want to do that. Um, she's also now friends with you. And she thinks you're gay. And she thinks that she can trust you. And if all of a sudden you come fucking walking at her with a fucking stinger, she's going to think about all the time she fucking changed in front of you. And it's just really going to creep her out. Uh... I don't know what to tell you, dude. Like, I would say right now, stop sleeping over there. Figure out what the fuck's going on. But uh, I need some, I need some, I need some gay help. I need some gelp on this one. Gay people. Any gay people out there? Wherever you are, come in, come in, come in. Uh, yeah, help me out on this one. We'll have, we'll have a new section of the podcast. Gelp. Gay help. Help me out on this one. <laughs> I don't know what to tell this dude. All right. All right. Uh, girl wanted to roofie me. Jesus, these are some interesting ones this week. Bill, don't worry. This isn't, a, this isn't some creepy story. Oh, it's one of those mainstream roofie stories. Um, the person says, I, I got to college 
in the Northeast. Last weekend, my buddies and I had a party, and I invited this. Yeah, you left out the word. I'm going I'm to guess girl from one of my classes because we were always laughing together, blah, 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 blah. So she shows up, and she looks amazing. Ah, oh, what a great story. What a great time in your life. What could go wrong? We started laughing, doing shots even better. She starts leaning into me more as the night goes on. Ah, memories like the corners of my mind. After things start to settle and her dumb friends leave, (laughs) we go up to my room. She sits on my bed and asks me if the door is locked. I tell her, yes, capital Y-E-S, with confidence and also confusion. She then pulls something out of her bag and asks if I want to get crazy with her. I say, well, not the kind of fun that will result in me gargling my own chunks like Hendrix. Ah, Jesus. I hope you didn't say that. Uh, She got the joke and laughed. All right, she's a keeper. Uh, I felt good about what was to come. Maybe it was ecstasy. I'd never done ecstasy. And that could be fun, right? Nope, capital N-O-P-E. She then says... This is a low-grade roofie. Want to split it? Dude, this went from a coming-of-age story to immediately one of the most fucked up. This is a whole new room. I've never been in this room. I'm going to stand near the door for the rest of this. Uh, Now, you might be thinking this is mutual. How can this go wrong? We'd both be on the same medicine. I was intrigued, Bill, very intrigued. I sat down at my desk and put on some music and stalled as I thought about it. Then I heard your voice in my head. Dude, either banger, clean, or get the fuck out. Uh, I'm a good kid from a small town, and I'd rather jerk her for the rest of my life than panic to a dumb female. Good for you. If you don't want to do it, don't fucking do it, let alone partake in something that nuts. I still collect baseball cards, you know. If you can't do the math. No, dude, I, I, listen. I still buy old football cards. I'm right there with you. And there's a bunch of people out there who could literally just fuck a goddamn ostrich on the 50-yard line in a football game and wouldn't give a shit. They would do it, and they would feel fine about it the next day, and they should do it. All right? If you're more wired that way, yeah, don't do it. He goes, so I told her, uh, this can only go bad for me. She then says, how about only you take it? What? Dude, you need to get this girl the fuck out of the room before she takes out a strap on. Um, (laughs) I don't like this at all. This is creeping me up. She says, I tell her that that is only a terrible idea. She laughed a little bit, and then I explained the situation to her. Dude, wait a minute. She goes, is the door locked? She pulls out a roofie. Let's split it. What if only you take it? Dude, this is uh this this isn't good. She goes, I said, okay, wait. She laughed a bit and then I explained the situation to her. I said, Look, babe, you're putting me in a terrible position here because I wanted to strip you down and have at it, but I can't with that thing in the room. It's a loaded gun. I told her I told her we were going to walk together to the bathroom and flush it. Neither one of us being alone with the powerful supplement. She laughed and said she understood. We started going at it, and the next morning she said, I'm sorry if that was weird. I'm glad you're a smart guy that earned you a threesome with my friend from home. Just say when. Oh, my God. 
Where the fuck did that Hollywood ending come from? Bill, within 12 hours, I went from here's some good old-fashioned college fun to preparing my defense to how can I satisfy her and her friend properly. There's only one way to learn. Fucking go jump in it. I'm such a dumb guy. After she pulls out a roofie, fuck this. She goes, so how do, so how'd I do? Would you ever eat a roofie with a, no, fuck no. The answer is, is always no, right? Absolute, dude, you, you saying no fucking walked you into a threesome. Jesus fucking Christ, dude, if you don't do a follow-up fucking email to that, I don't even care if this isn't true. This is the greatest screenplay I've ever read. Wow, that's fucking phenomenal. More power to you. Yeah, but for the grace of God, that's fucking phenomenal. All right, here's the thing. You go over there. This is the thing. You want this to be a home game if you can't because she's a little fucking weird. If they insist you go over her place, you got to fucking do it. Go over there. All right? Don't let them spray you with any sort of mist. If they do, you got to jump through the screen door. You got to get the fuck out of there. All right? Uh, other than that, fucking... Take the beach, my friend. Oh, that's great. That made my fucking week. All right, third cousin. Dear Billy Bendito, I live in Denver, and I'm visiting my family back in Nebraska recently. Uh, I was visiting, sorry. My mom and dad are both from the same small town and had larger families, so I have a lot of family back there. Uh, I was with a cousin. Uh-oh, uh-oh, please don't go sexual here. Also from Denver, and if you don't go sexual, and I just said that and it grossed you out, I apologize. Also from Denver at a bar in a nearby large town. And we were throwing back a couple of beers. There was a pretty young lady at the bar who surprisingly enough found me quite charming. One thing led to another and I ended up going back to her place. Dude, great fucking emails this week. The next morning, we were grabbing some coffee and having some more detailed conversation about ourselves. And it turns out we have the same great grandpa and grandma. Oh, no. I.e., our parents are cousins, making us third cousins. In your mind, is that weird? Yes. Yet yeah, is that it is weird. Is, it, is that legal? I'm no fool and wrapped my tool. Jesus Christ, dude, is, do you have that on a T-shirt? I'm no fool. Be no, don't be a fool. Wrap your tool. I'm no fool and wrap my tool. But do you know what the chances are me and this girl would have created a mutant had I knocked her up? Thanks and go fuck yourself. Well, I can look that up for you, sir, on the lovely Internet. And like most people who do research on the Internet, I will take the first thing that I read as law. Third, this is going to be on my computer now because of you. Third cousin sex legal question mark. Cousin marriage law in the United States. Oh, God, there's a fucking chat here with different colors. Laws regarding first cousin marriage in the United States. First cousin marriage is legal in California. What? Hawaii, Alaska, Massachusetts, Vermont, New York. No fucking way. Criminal offenses, Texas. You know, sometimes te when Texas is right, they're fucking, they're right. Oklahoma, both the Dakotas and Nevada. 
Wait, 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 wait. Well, let's get the third cousin here. This is just first cousins. Where the fuck is third cousins? How is first cousin? There's no fucking way you can marry your first cousin. That, that isn't right. That was Wikipedia, by the way. Incest, cousin marriage, law regarding incest. Dude, I don't want to be on this part of the Internet. Dude, you got to look this up. Okay, whatever. You got away with it, hopefully. Just stay away from her. All right? Jesus Christ. When you notice somebody has the same smile as you, like you ever notice the Kennedys, they all have that, that fucking horse tooth smile. You know, that's when you got to fucking pull the plug and get away from me. Anyways, I got shit to do, people. I know this is a, kind of a short one. Oh, it's an hour and ten minutes. I appreciate you being patient. Uh, my voice was a little fucked up after uh, I did a lot, of, a lot of comedy this week. And I had to give it a break. Uh, I had to give my instrument a break. Um, that is it. That's the podcast for this week. Uh, my big Canada tour is coming up. And I'm going to be back on the sauce, and I'm going to be smoking cigars, and I'm going to be telling jokes and skating on a pond near you up there in uh, Oh, can I do? You won both fucking gold medals. I'm sure you're happy eating a bunch of fucking donuts. Go fuck yourself. I'm out of time. All right, I'm out of time. Uh, I'll sing the Canada song next week. Uh, that's it. That's the podcast. I'll talk to you next week. Please keep the emails coming. And I need help. I need help this week to help out that person there. Like what? And do, are there any more stories like that? That's actually, does that mean that person's bisexual? I have no fucking idea. All right, that's it. I'll talk to you next week. <laughs>